Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we're talking about the death of the object, not you once did it, you killed him. Yeah, it's gone, done, for good. A lot of coding paradigms are now following more functional approaches, I'm going to say, rather than using objects. And today we're going to talk about the death of the object. Before we begin, we have a reoccurring special guest in the building, Jacob O'Donnell. What's up, Jacob? Oh, nothing. That's me. I'm Jacob. I'm. Uh, let's see, I'll introduce myself. I'm... God, how old am I? I'm 30-something. Oh. <laughs> Just a Brooklynite 30-something. Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, my gosh. What else is interesting about me? How I long have you been killing objects, I guess, is oh, the question. God, I've been slinging objects forever. I mean, I, I was 13 and programming some C++ and learning DirectX and objects. And I was like, oh, these C++ objects. Oh, they're the future. <laughs> uh, Welcome 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Jacob becomes Big Jacob. And mm-hmm. we find that the object is now being killed all across the world. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what I want to talk about today is that I'm seeing, you know, I'm a, I'm a consultant. And I've been to a lot of places and I'm seeing more and more. Like I, I would say earlier in my career, especially in the languages I worked in, a lot of like Ruby and stuff, like objects were very embraced. Everybody was using objects. Everywhere you go, like there's objects and they weren't always used right. In fact, I would say they often weren't. But nowadays, more and more, I'm seeing less objects out in the wild. I'm seeing more like in React, React is kind of moving away from objects towards stateless functional components. I'm seeing on the back end, a lot of Python code bases, just sort of a a function as a handler calling out to a bunch more functions and less and less I'm seeing objects, which makes me sad. Why do you think that's the case? I guess let's just go right into the why. Yeah, why? Well, I, I do have I do have a theory and I sort of think it's it's the tech pendulum. I think, you know, there, there's this idea out there that, that the pendulum swings one way or the other and people sort of are frustrated. They're Programming is hard. They're like, why is this hard? And it's <laughs> it's a thing to blame. It's like, okay, well... It's, well, de- it's definitely not me. No. <laughs> no. It's those objects. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. They're holding I, me back. Should, everything should be easier. Yeah. Everything should be easier. You know what's easier than an object? Uh, a function. A function. And that is true. <laughs> that is true. A function is easier. There you have easier. people. The objects are dead. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just kill them right now. You put the nail in the coffin, Jake. Uh-huh. That was it. How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, it, it does make me a little sad. I mean, I've, I've invested a lot of time into learning about object orientation. And honestly, like, the more years go on, the more I'm starting to be like, oh, I think I get it. You know, even like 10, 12 years in, I'm starting to be like, oh, I, I, think, I think that I was doing it wrong before and that there, there are better ways. Do you ever get to the point where you stop feeling like you were doing it wrong before? Great question. I mean, I, probably not. I feel like that mm. like every six months. Like if I if I have to go back to something I wrote six months ago, then it's like, oh, okay. Like I definitely could have done this a lot better. Like especially if you're like learning something new or new domain, new new technologies, what have you. That is fair, but I do think that there are these general sort of rules about object orientation that you can learn. Like you know, I think one thing, one one sort of rule that comes up is uh. Dependency injection. Dependency injection and prefer composition over inheritance, right? Mm. So you you don't, you know, you, you often don't want these deep inheritance trees. You don't want them, you, cer- you certainly don't want them deep if they're like wildly uh, shallow. I think, you know, if they have 
a hundred subclasses, maybe that's not the right answer either. <laughs> mm. But I, I do know like a lot of junior object orientationers will create these really mangled inheritance trees and they will have multiple inheritance or if it's ruby they'll mix in 30 modules and they'll be like i'm doing it i'm object orienting (laughs) which like it's really like that's not what good code looks like that's like the classic example though in the book like you know you have your creature class and then that turns into an animal and the animal turns into a human the human turns into a baby <laughs> and it's just like it just keeps on going that's true and that actually you know maybe that has something to do with it that the the, the learning material sort of pushes this and a, a decent rule of thumb i've learned is you just sort of say is uh is this a thing and if it doesn't really match then avoid it and use composition but you know even with all that said i i, I don't think that's the the only problem with with w- what's going on with objects. Babies aren't human. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> they're small. They're small humans. Some of them are like baby birds and stuff. I guess they do That's have true. very That's different true. abilities. A baby human is a baby human. Mm. Yeah, is a human. I mean, I imagine that there are like reading material that talks about object oriented programming. That being a thing, I know Pooter is a really popular Ruby book. Yeah, kind of teaches that. But do you think that people just aren't absorbing the knowledge that is of Sandy Metz in places where, you know, you have to deliver this piece of code or this feature in a deadline that's almost not realistic, but you have to do it really fast so that it kind of muddles the object orientedness of the application? I mean, that's that's a good question. I, I Every time I read Pooter, I get something more out of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I still, you know, my, my stuff still doesn't really look like this. Mm, that's fascinating because like, it, it, there are a lot of like really simple concepts in the book. It's like so accessible. All of my code looks exactly like Pooter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I exclusively program about bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had a bike client? Is that, is that what it is, William? <laughs> well, I think cool. that's the main thing that she's trying to teach you is only program about bikes. Right, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the small, lesson that I took away. It's be my small business for sure. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, when this pendulum swings, assuming that I'm right about that, may- maybe object-oriented programming is harder to grasp than functional, right? Like, I mean, it's got, it's got these benefits of, of you storing your data and your methods together and so the data can operate on there and i don't know if if things move to just sort of like lots of functions operating on data and just goodbye objects what the price to pay there will be maybe everyone will maybe everyone will just be like oh this is better (laughs) but i guess like the the opposite end of that like any uh, a bad object is like a really big object, right? You have like a, bo- a object that's too many responsibilities and knows too much data. There's like side effects all over the place. You mm. can't figure out what's going on. You find like, okay, get get me out of here. I don't want any of these side effects. I want like, you know, immutable data and, you know, functions that are pure. And yeah, that's that's my promised land. But then like, you could still just end up with like a module that has like, you know, 300 lines of functions in it. And yeah. then how is that any easier to like trace through? I mean, that's sort of my feeling. Like bad code is bad code. Like what you just described there, like even if you're not the most accomplished object-oriented programmer, like you should still probably see that coming and be like, ooh, there's there's problems here. This is too large. It's too confusing. It creates a lot of bugs. Mm-hmm. And 
work to refactor that probably by splitting it, which is probably like the same process that's going to happen with like a function. You know, your function is going to grow to 200 lines. It's got state because you've got you've got like these local variables floating about. So React is now a popular framework that a lot of people use. And you often find that uh, React tends to be more functional. What are the benefits of writing functional programming syntax or style versus object-oriented programming? Yeah, that's actually a funny one because in a sense, I think what React is moving to is still the same thing at its core, right? It's a file and it's going to have state still, but it's just sort of expressed in a different way. Yeah, it does It does feel a little bit arbitrary. Like instead of having class component that has state and lifecycle hooks, you're going to apply hooks to it. You're going to use memo instead of like, you know, component shit update. Right. And it's like, what, what, why, <laughs> like, why? Like, or, is it really like, is that really the future? Like, they, they had a stated reason that beginners found this confusing. And that's fair. This in JavaScript is confusing. Mm. Mm. You mean this, like the, the object, this. Yeah. The yeah. context of what you're running in right now. Right. Where the arrow function helps with that, but still you can run into that. And as a beginner, I could see, could see that just be very confusing. What about self in JavaScript? Python and Ruby. Wait, what do you mean self? I don't think it exists. It does. No way. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. I don't know why you would have both of these things. <laughs> what? I discovered this and I was like, oh, this is so gross. What? What is self? It's kind of like this, but different and not in not in useful ways, as I recall. <laughs> I read the description. I was like, I'm immediately closing this tab. Never coming back. <laughs> never using it again. I've never heard about that. Unless set elsewhere, the value of self is window because JavaScript lets you access any property of X or X of window as simply X. What? Wait, I missed that. Just don't use self, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's that's a thing. That's that's a thing you don't want to use. And I guess as you mentioned, this when I say I want the listeners to know, it's not like I'm pointing at something like this is horrible. But the this context, it could be confusing in general for new newcomers who want to, you know, build an application in React Native or something. Yeah. As far as like functional goes, like I, I can't say a ton. I've I've experimented a little. I don't consider myself a functional expert at all. So I don't really, you know, there's, they say there's a lot of benefits. You'd have to talk to your stupid brother. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, yes, the, with the elixir. You came with the elixir one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we'll have him on sometime to explain. Steve Nunez. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Nunez explains functional programming. But we also had an episode, I believe, oh, on... Did we? I mean, if that's not the case, then we should have one functional program. Yeah, that's there was thing. an episode with Adam. I yes, yeah. actually. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, would you if objects are in decline, are you saddened at all, or you sort of shrug your shoulders? I'm saddened by that. I think that. I mean, on the one hand, I think it's nice because it forces me to learn new stuff. So I think increasingly I'm being pushed in a, in a more functional direction. And I think that's that's a good thing. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like the functional programming world has a good answer for the core of the value that they're losing by abandoning the object. And to me, that core piece of value 
is that there is a ton of win that comes with having the functionality right there next to the data that it's supposed to be used with. When you have a centralized data store, then it becomes much more muddy knowing which functions are supposed to be used with which data. When you can create a metaphor for everything that exists in your world and group the data and the functionality for that metaphor together, then all of a sudden we can have a conversation and it's just the same conversation we would have if we were talking with the regular domain language for whatever product we're building. Yeah, I think that's right there, like the metaphor or like the domain modeling, like where you can have these concepts that are real in in the real world, be they like physical things or like ideas and really talk about them, you know, even to a degree with like non-technical people and share language about it. I, I feel like that'd be a little bit harder when you only have, I guess your, your, your verbs are still there. They're still your functions. You still have nouns, but they're now just types that you pass into the functions. And if you don't have types, then I feel like you're, you're really missing something with uh, functional programming. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Moving with the, with the swing of the pendulum, right? Functional programming is a thing that's happening and it's the preferred language of choice and the client that I'm in that I'm going to continue doing that right yeah. like I'm I won't be writing object oriented programming in react cuz then that's just not following the convention and no one would approve my pull request that's just kind of what's going to happen yeah. but uh, you can you can fight the world yeah i mean you could <laughs> but then how like i don't know if that's the fight i want to be in and i think what william mentioned before was great it's just that it allows me to learn different paradigms that I may not have had the opportunity if I just continue to write object-oriented programming. And there are good ideas that came out of the functional programming world, right? Like, I mean, the notion that functions are best when you can put the same thing in and always get the same thing out is a really valuable concept, even in object-oriented programming. It makes your unit testing way easier. Right. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of, like, uh, having an immutable object, mm-hmm. like something that like when you change it it doesn't change the that that reference like you get back a new reference like i I like i like that idea and i think that really made more sense to me after working with functional programming and like you know things like redux where there's like there's only one rule all functions are pure (laughs) yeah one distinction i want to draw is uh, while functional languages are gaining a lot of traction, what I'm actually seeing a lot more now is like procedural code where it's mm. they're function based like C, but but there is state mm. versus I think, you know, Elixir or something where where you're not really supposed to store things temporarily in variables and manipulate them like it's and you can sort of get around that. Unlike Haskell, where it's like purely functional and there's absolutely no state. I'd be, I'd be interested in in trying a functional language just to sort of see what the hubbub is about. Yeah, <laughs> I added yeah. an extra my, hubbub my there. Co- yeah. <laughs> my colleague just went to uh, ClojureConf mm. uh, last week in Durham, North Carolina. Sounded interesting because there's there's a, there's a lot of like academics and like thinkers who are like working in this space, and like I, I think maybe there's something to the fact that it's a pendulum and maybe they're just bored. <laughs> like they've, yeah. been, they've been writing object oriented code, but like, you know, they're, they're working on interesting problems that still apply to like things that we care about in object land too. So when do you think the pendulum is going to swing the other way? And we're going to be talking about the death of the function, the birth of the object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the birth of the object. Oh, Baby I can't object. wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I don't actually think what while I feel like the pendulum is starting to swing back. Ooh, baby does inherit from object. But baby woo? Baby does inherit from object. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Baby inherits from Bobby. <laughs> exactly. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that the, the pendulum, while it's sort of swinging back, I don't actually think it's going to swing all the way. Object-oriented programming has too much of a foothold. I don't think really like something other than like a, a, a pretty object-oriented language has had a strong foothold since like the 60s when it was Lisp and bo- since it was like born. I'm not sure when it was born. It was probably born in the 70s or 80s. Right. I, I don't know if there's going to be a new paradigm, but right now I don't actually think it's going to... I think it's 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 in a recession, but, you know, we'll, Trump will take us right to the future. <laughs> oh, where I'm going with that, but all yeah. things lead to Trump. <laughs> yeah, like, and if you, even if you think about it, like, you're talking about, like, how with web servers... You can write a endpoint in a functional way where it's a function that responds to your URL and that function calls other functions. But you might be writing it in Python. You might be writing it for Flask and everything, even a function in Python is an object. Is that true? I thought that was Ruby. Everything is an object in Python. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know Ruby. That's the case too. Yeah. I knew yeah. that about Ruby. I didn't know about Python. Yeah. And okay. I, that's, that's true in a lot of languages. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh, okay. Can't I escape guess from it. You can't escape <laughs> from it. I mean, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, there are other languages that dominate like the industry, like Java and C plus plus, and they all use object oriented programming. So I don't think, and I don't think those programming languages are going anywhere. Right. And I think it's almost writing functionally for Java is like very very difficult. You're going down a really bad path if you don't follow like specific object oriented paradigms. So. I don't think that those languages would ever change to the functional route, but I guess the popularity of functional programming would continue to go up and that may cause object oriented programming to go down, but we're unsure. The pendulum is swinging back maybe, or maybe not. We don't know. Where's the pendulum? I can't see it. (laughs) Glad to see the expert in the death of the object, Jacob, to come on down. Thank you so much for dropping by. You're welcome. Thank you. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. <laughs>